Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to the Horror Sanctum Podcast. I'm Jay, alongside John, Kellen, and TJ. And today we're going to discuss one of my favorite movies of 2022, and probably one of the more controversial ones as well. Uh, it's Damien Leone's Terrifier 2. Yep. That is correct. 2002's Terrifier 2, directed by Damien Leone and starring Lauren Lavera as protagonist Sienna Shaw, Elliot mm. Fulman, Fulham as Sienna's younger brother Jonathan, and David Howard Thornton as the Miles County Clown, or as he is better known, Art. It's the culmination of several short films and theatrical releases. In 2008, Leone created the short story The Ninth Circle, which was also the first appearance of Art the Clown. He would go on to appear in another short film titled Terrifier in 2011. In 2013, these two short films would become the driving force of Art's first feature film debut, 2013's All Hallows' Eve, where scenes from both shorts are shown throughout the film as scenes on a VHS tape found while trick-or-treating. Although Art is featured prominently in these videos, it wasn't until 2016's Terrifier that Art would become the sadistic killer clown we have come to know. Which brings us to the film we are discussing tonight, 2002's Terrifier 2. Released in October, Terrifier 2 became somewhat of an instant hit because of the shock factor of one particular scene we will refer to as the bedroom scene. And as violent and shocking as that scene is to watch, the entire movie is filled with gratuitous violence and at times hard to stomach visuals, which is pretty impressive considering the entire movie was funded by a few private investors in an Indiegogo campaign that surpassed its original goal of $50,000, bringing in approximately $250,000. Terrifier 2 grossed $14.7 million at the box office and became a surprising media sensation. Terrifier 2 shows Sienna Miller, a reluctant protagonist who ends up becoming the heroine based on some sketchy drawings, I guess you can say, by her dad, who seemed to have had premonitions before he died that she would be the one to finally stop or put an end to the madness that was Art the Clown. Um, so let's talk about it. I kind of have an idea what everyone feels about the movie. (laughs) We talked about this before we started. Um, me and Jay have talked about it numerous times, um, before we, I love this movie. I know that it's the violence is over the top. Um, there's a lot of shock factor. There's a lot of scenes that are hard to stomach. One particular that, um, gets overshadowed by the bedroom scene is when her blonde friend gets her kneecap literally blasted off by yeah. <laughs> what looks like a chair leg with uh, random kitchen utensils shoved through it. <laughs> Every time I see that scene, I wince. But for all of that, the movie for me is just fantastic. And it's because that aside from the violence, there's parts of the movie that are just fun to watch. Like there, I find myself laughing at times, even from the beginning with Art in the laundromat, um, cleaning his clown suit and just sitting there. And then he sees the pale face girl, uh, which is also his first victim, uh, learned that doing uh, research for this movie. Um, but the scene that sticks out and I've probably watched the clip on YouTube 20 times because it cracks me up is when they're at the, um, Halloween shop and Sienna's waiting to buy the uh, wings because her bur- hers burned up earlier in the film and Art is trying to make her laugh <laughs> which is totally a clown thing to do um, and he's putting on the different glasses and trying to make her laugh and then he sees 
the clown horn and you can see the pure joy and excitement in his face when he <laughs> picks up the clown horn and then looks at her and then starts to do the little creep up to her <laughs> she just quietly says please don't <laughs> i laugh every time i see that scene um i, I just it, for me it has a little bit of everything um, again, you take the the gratuitous violence, which you've kind of become become desensitized to with movies like Saw, um, and the whole you know torture porn genre that kind of took over the mid late two thousands. But you take all that aside, and it's just a fun, overly slasher slasher film. Um, it's hard not to root for Art. He's just as creepy as he looks. He's kind of likable. <laughs> as a sadistic murderer um, in the bedroom scene when the mom comes in and sees and he just looks and he's like, ta-da! <laughs> Look what I've done! <laughs> you just realize just how sadistic he is. And I think, too, for a horror villain, there's not a lot of them where the sadism is what drives him. Like, he enjoys the evilness of what he's doing. You know, you have, you know, Michael Myers kind of inquisitively watching the life go out of somebody's body, you know, killing people. You have Jason, his, you know, whole thing is revenge for his death and his mother's death. Um, Freddie is just crazy, kind of his own category. But, you know, you have this horror villain who is just enjoying himself um, compared to everybody else. So, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, but John, I'd like to get your uh, take on it. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> I so the first time I saw it, I didn't I didn't like it at all, mainly just because I think I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. I think the first one was a little better for me because it was shorter. Um, the the biggest thing to start with the film that bothers me about it is the length, the runtime. I feel like when a horror film is longer than The Dark Knight, that's like not a good thing. <laughs> but I mean, first off, that Art the Clown is a great character, a tremendous character, scary, absolutely a great character. The gore, the effects in this movie are unbelievable. Like for $250,000, like props to them for doing that, for getting uh, a tribute to Video Nasty, making a huge profit in the theater. That's very impressive. That being said, I think what I came to learn just rewatching it, I was hoping I would see something different in it that I didn't before. I just don't think, I just think it comes down to this film is made for like, some people are going to love it. Some people are not going to love it. I just don't, it's not for me. And I think the reason it's not for me is just because I think as you, you just, you look for different things in horror movies and the thing about this story is, even though it is gratuitous and it's very hard to watch in spots, the story to me in the movie doesn't really work. Like, I feel like you're following these characters and they're trying to bring you closer to like Sienna and the brother. But it's just it's so long. I feel like if it, if it was 90 minutes, I probably could be a little more on board with it. I think the violence and stuff would still be like, oh, this is hard to watch. But. It's just, I think the story and the length doesn't work for me. Um, and that's where, like, comparing this to movies like Devil's Rejects or Hills Have Eyes, those work a little better just because I feel like those sort of hit the high points on the story better. 
it's not totally fair to compare them. They're not the exact films. And I know that the point of this movie, I think when he was making this movie, he set out to one prove that he could do something on a budget. And I think he wanted to shock and offend people. I think that was a goal. And, you know, watching this, I realized as I was watching it, like in the bedroom scene, I was fast forwarding it. And I'm like, son of a bitch, he got me. He got me. Like, (laughs) he totally got, this is what he wants. Like, they totally got me because I was like having a hard time watching the scenes again. I was kind of cringing on some of it. And I'm thinking this is pretty much exactly the intended point, you know, like I'm kind of hook, line and sinker on this. But I mean, I don't love it. And I think there are some good aspects of it. I just think that there's a lot of um, shock value and a lot of that going on. And I think with this movie, the way they set it up and the way it ends, they've got probably one to two other films left in the tank. Right. I really do think you do Terrifier 3 or you do Terrifier 3 and 4, it's going to be huge, right? So if they get a million-dollar budget, it's going to gross all kinds of money, right? But I think there's only so far you can go with that. That's probably – and it's probably just a way to look at horror films versus – like, it's just an opinion, right? Like, I just think the shock and all is only going to get them so far without a better story. Now, if they come back in 3, they condense the runtime – the story's a little more meat to it. I think that might turn the corner for me. Um, but yeah, I, and, and you know, with the movie, the way it ended, I it's funny you were talking about rooting for Arthur Clown. I was like, the first time I watched this, I was so ready for them to kill this guy. Like, I was like, my God, please kill this guy. And the end of the movie, it's like it never ends. It's like they keep, there's one thing and there's another thing is another thing. And I would say that if one thing that kind of bothered me even today was I feel like the way that the kills are done in the film, they're very gratuitous and extreme and sometimes goofy in a way. You kind of laugh because you're like, this is so ridiculous. But Art the Clown, spoiler, when he gets beheaded, I didn't feel like that was really a good payoff for him. I felt like the way they build up those kills in the movie, it's almost like, I don't know. It's almost like you expect way worse for him just based on what he's done to the protagonist. But I also wonder if maybe they don't want to quote unquote, I guess, like blow their load on that. Right. Maybe maybe that's another movie where there's a revenge thing, like where they're coming after art and he gets his comeuppance. Right. So, like I said, I'm going to pass it over. I want to hear what you guys think. I mean, I don't I don't hate it. I just think it comes down to the type of film they were trying to make is probably not the, not a film that I'm into. And it's just the shock and gore. It's just hard to watch, but yeah, I mean, props to them. They've been successful. So. Well, (laughs) uh, I can't disagree with anything that John says. Um, I think we agree on a lot of points, except I think this movie's total shit and I'll never watch it again unless I watch it for this uh, podcast, which we've already done it. So thank Christ. I probably never have to watch this movie again. Um, (laughs) So Barry in the lead, I guess. But uh, so I did I did research. I watched the first Terrifier. I was going to watch this movie in the theater until I watched the first Terrifier and realized. um. 
yeah, I just don't like this. Yeah. I just don't like this character and this. I get, I get what they're going for. I'm not like, I'm not a prude on movies. I've watched, I've watched yeah. as gratuitous and and more than than this, but, um, it's just not my bag. It's not my thing. Um, I don't think that they shouldn't make it because definitely. I think it helps low budget horror. I think it helps the genre, it helps get more eyes and attention on other films, if nothing else. And it gives an opportunity for young filmmakers who can, you know, do an Indiegogo campaign and make a film actually get seen and maybe actually bring out some talent that could be the next generation to come. So for what it's doing to the industry, I can appreciate it for that. I was disappointed because a lot of people <clears throat> were saying that they didn't like the first film, but that they really loved the second film because it it had such better characters and story and development and everything's better. And it's really just longer. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, you're with the characters longer, but the script's not great. What 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 do they tell? You you have this girl whose dad's dead and apparently uh he must have supernaturally like scribbled this clown and there's some kind of link to that there's some kind of supernatural thread going through all the things you don't know if this thing's a demon what what is art so so it it, it definitely seeds a story that you have to assume a future sequel will ultimately hopefully wrap up but they could have done that in 80 minutes 90 minutes tops it's still, this movie is just a bigger showpiece of what the first film in 2016 was, which was Damien Leone is a practical special effects wizard of gore kind of guy. And he's even admitted this, this, the first film was made to showcase his gore effects to ideally get more work and, and, the business and this this just upped everything like by 10 uh and yeah the bedroom scene's d difficult to watch my cousin actually that that leaked before it even come out and i'd actually seen that scene already so that was the second time i saw the worst scene but at a certain point even in in the over gratuity of it like it becomes campy it becomes parody of itself like once you're getting bleach and salt and pouring in the wounds that aren't even bleeding like a real like you can't rip someone's arm off and them not bleed out in like a minute right <laughs> they wasn't even bleeding when the arm comes off <laughs> so so at a certain point it becomes cartoonish and then you're like okay i see what you're doing and i would have liked what you're doing when i was a teenager or maybe up to about 25 and then at a certain point i just you know, there's there's a switch where it's like, I need a character, I need story, I need more than what you're giving me. And I feel like they're intentionally holding back. But that's because Damien Leone is not really a filmmaker. If he's a filmmaker, he would have edited out about 50 minutes of this movie and made it tight, made it make a little more sense. Um, but the people who are watching this movie don't don't care about that. <laughs> they They just want the set pieces. This is a movie almost more than any contemporary horror film that is made by the creepiness of the character and the silliness of the character. I mean, 
Art is basically Freddy Krueger for this new generation. If Freddy Krueger was a mime clown, it's just instead of instead of the funny quips, he just does ridiculous stuff and then throws his hands up and is like, hey, "See what I did?" You know. And after you do that thirty times in a movie, it's kind of like because he can't talk. That's like his his one thing, and it gets a little played out to me. But you know. I also appreciate that I'm not the audience for this. I like watching Hammer films and old films from the 30s and stuff like that. You know, so those are a little different. They're a little, they're a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I appreciate what it's trying to do. I just think it could have been more effective if somebody else was writing the script and just let Damien Leone to do his banger job of. I mean, props to him for for his no CGI in either of those films that I can tell all practical effects and yeah you can tell most of it's dummies when you're like busting heads and eyes and all that stuff but you know that's part of the charm of that kind of thing and i do if it does nothing else but get more people to lean more into like practical 80s level like tom savini type effects and rob Bottin and uh, greg nicotero all the people who kind of perfected it in the 80s then great it will have done its job but i don't have to watch it again (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I understand. So if you're familiar with us, if you follow us, you already know how I feel about this film. Um, until I saw the menu, which I didn't see that until this year, I think Terrifier was probably my favorite horror film of the year last year. The menu, you know, horror, thriller, whatever you want to call it, may be a little bit ahead of that. Um, I can't, I can't explain exactly why I love it so much. A lot of the reason is because I'm desensitized. Uh, I am aware of this. Um, I just recently I realized that uh, you know usually when I need a feel good movie I would watch Jackass you know uh, but recently I'm like I think I want to watch House of a Thousand Corpses again like that has become a feel good movie for me this Terrifier two obviously Art the Clown is probably one of the creepiest villains we've had in a while um, his silence is what makes him creepy. It also gives me a lot of 80s vibes. And I love horror movies from the 80s. That's that's it for me. That's that's God tier for me. Um, as far as the story, uh, I understand what you guys are saying, but I feel like they're building up to the, the third one with um, Sienna's book, her dad's book. I read some fan theories about it, how, you know, he's personification of evil, which means she's going to be the personification of good. Kind of like Carnival, if you ever watched that on HBO. Um, kind of that thing going back and forth. The runtime, when I saw it on paper, I'm like, I'm out. Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. But the runtime for this, for me, was similar to that of a Marvel movie where, oh, God, two and a half hours. But it didn't feel like two and a half hours. To me, the last fight scene did. It felt a little long. Um, building up to that, it, it, it didn't hit me that way. The first movie, Terrifier, if you haven't seen that, it, it's small. It's like, what, two locations? It feels very small, low budget. This one is like, hey, we got this money. We're going to do it and we're going to do it big. And I appreciate that. It is incredibly violent. But I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse. There's a lot worse out there. Um, the uh, Sienna, uh, played by Lauren Levera, who Kelly and I have talked about at length, 
Um, it's one of the best final girls we've had in a long time too, um, I think. And granted, Kelly and I think she's incredibly attractive, which is part of the appeal. But even at the end of that movie, where she's in the tank and her wounds heal and she gets that sword, it goes that supernatural effect and it makes you, okay, where, where's this going? Like they did it, to me, they did a good job of want, leaving you to want more, except TJ. Obviously he doesn't want any more ever. And that's understandable too. This is not for everyone. It's not even close to being for everyone. Um, my biggest knock on the film is the mom. That mom was the biggest bitch. And she cussed her kids out regularly. Like, put your goddamn dishes in the sink to the little yeah. son. In I school. agree. Like, she was terrible. She was on? awful. Yeah. Like, she was awful. And when she got her face blown in, I'm like, yeah, that's good. Um, one of my favorite parts of the movie also, which is where that budget came in, was the Clown Cafe dream sequence, which was just insane. You have all these kids singing about food and having a good old time and there's art and he's like hey here's a present and like hey here's a tommy gun and he blows everybody away uh angels with filthy soul style you know that's a home alone reference for you listening at home but that right there sets the tone for the rest of the movie you're like this is insane and the original the first terrifier in all hollows eve i haven't seen those in years um i rewatched terrifier yesterday not i like this one a lot better but again, it's just one of those things I can't explain it. We all have those things that we love and we go back to. We don't know why. It's something in our DNA. You know, maybe it's a mental health issue for some of us. You know, there's just, there's something there. But for me, this is, this is my third time watching it in probably, what, four months. Um, that's probably the most in that time frame I've ever watched one particular movie. And only once I had to for just to refresh on this episode. But um, yeah, I liked it a lot and I will continue to watch it yearly. Um, and it, like, even as background noise, like you don't have to watch it and pay that much attention besides a few things here and there. Um, I don't quite understand what happened at the, uh, the credit scene, how this victim of his was impregnated with his, decapitated head um but it was nice seeing chris jericho uh, the best scene was the cameo of chris jericho (laughs) one of the best by god wrestlers today and felissa rose with her little cameo as the principal i think she was the principal Mm -hmm. um but yeah like it's very polarizing film It, it, it it really is um but to me it's not that much different from hostile and films like that besides the gratuitous, you know, bounce. Like you, I mean, the one girl in the bedroom, he like takes her hand and like rips it in half. <laughs> in the first film, he sawed somebody in half. This time he just, I don't think that's possible. Maybe it is, I don't know. Um, he didn't rape anybody. There were no animals killed besides the dead possum. I appreciate that. Uh, those are things that I, you know, X out on movies, but I don't know. I just, I love it all the way around. And I knew, Going into this, it would probably be two on two, <laughs> which is fine, which is how it should be. Honestly, when we all love the same thing, it's not that much fun to talk about. Um, but yeah, I, I we'll get into our ratings here in a second. But, you know, obviously you already know mine's going to be pretty close. But, 
Before we go into our favorite kills, for John and TJ, here's a question. Would you rather watch this movie once a month for the rest of your life or skin a marin? What? Wait, what was the second one? Skin a marin or however you say it. Skin a marink. That's an evil question. Probably this one. I mean, here's the thing. I will say one thing that I, I don't. I don't want to like call it. I, I do. I would disagree with one thing you said, TJ. Is Damien Leone is a filmmaker, and that what he accomplished in this movie, I've kind of like something popped off in my head today. Is like he's doing something I don't like and I don't enjoy, but the fact that he got such a visceral reaction out of me, I'm like, this guy got me. Like there is something there. Now what he's doing, I don't like so far exactly. But I can see there's something there. So, yeah, but, but yeah, he could I, have done it in an hour less time. He's not an editor. Abs- well, it's funny. It's yeah. funny y'all talk about the time because yeah. in researching this, they talked about the feedback he got for the first Terrifier was about how there was no story. So he spent three months writing this movie. So I think the reason the runtime is so long is he was trying to tell a better story. Right. Then the first one, so you end up getting a lot more dialogue. He's trying to put a lot more meat into the story itself, which, again, I think I agree with Jay. I, I think this is like the the pull you in story. This isn't the here's everything. This is like here's a little here's some breadcrumbs to lead you in the direction that we're going with art. You know, because Terrifier Two picks up exactly where Terrifier One ends off. It starts where Terrifier One ends, and so now you're getting the a little little pieces of the mythos of art the clown of that there is a supernatural component you know there's there's something more than just the sadistic clown going around killing people that just happens to be unkillable or so we think yeah and he did he did make a better film than the first one i'll give him that but also he basically tried to take all the set pieces of the first one i mean they're different ones but i mean he he tried to cram what would have been the the length of a film of the first one. And then he, on top of that, poured about 45 minutes of just dialogue and stuff to cram in something that not only had to make sense of that film, but go retroactively back since the first film had like no plot and try and tie it together and try and make sense of it. That's why it feels bloated to me. Yeah, and yeah. I do. I do think that sure. there's, there's like, it's like Jay said. You can part of it can be just kind of background noise, especially you know some of the scenes with the mom. Um, when I rewatched it, I fast forwarded past a couple of those. That reminded um, me the, of a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> the one thing that I really enjoyed though was that you know it's a it's a current movie, but then they had you know the the um, nods to the '80s with some of the music, and then her putting her costume together with the whole '80s soundtrack behind it. Um, I thought that was just kind of like a nice touch. It almost feels like an homage to the slasher films of the you know eighties. Yeah, I, I, I like the cinematography of it too. I like how they make it look like an eighties grainy exploitation film. So it it is paying visual homage to the films that it is actually patterning itself and calling back to. I do think one weak thing. Well, I. I can't believe I'm actually saying this because this is like going against everything I'm arguing, but the ending, I can see why they did the ending the way they did with the protagonist living and the brother and what they're going for. But honestly, the way that he makes the movie and the way that he sets it up, 
he honestly kind of sets it up for Art to just kill everybody and walk away laughing. Like that, that in a way, as much as that would piss people off, that would probably be more authentic to the whole movie just because you're like, oh, well, there's no, there's nothing to be joyful over here, right? (laughs) But I also get that would kill the whole trilogy. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in where it goes with the the third film and how it's definitely going to be more with with Sienna and her dad and how he was connected. I read another thing online that maybe he is Art. Um, I love that. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I like that theory or not. And and like Cohen said, like it picks up right where the first one left off. And if you if you pay attention, you know, he comes out, he's in the morgue and he's killing that guy, but there's like like this weird noise from the room and like lights glowing that he came out of. And that makes me think like it goes back to him being a, a, a demon or a demonic entity of some sort, and he's just getting brought back to bring evil to earth. Um because I, I enjoyed the first part where it was just a crazy clown killing people. Like I liked that. And then it went supernatural. And, I, and when it went supernatural, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like I'd rather it just be straightforward, but it's definitely more directions they can go with it being supernatural. I don't know how you kill him now. When I rewatched it and that was the, uh, the clown cafe scene, he gives her that present inside of it was a heart. It made me think that maybe that was his heart and that would be the, how you kill him. I don't know with the sword um uh-huh. but you know third film's gonna okay, definitely explore why that sword was was powerful and all that fun stuff well and talk about the clown cafe and this is just something i noticed rewatching it um i think he did a great job of showing sienna's resolve because that final battle is 20 minutes of her getting the crap kicked out of her her giving it back to art back and forth and her ending up in the um the uh, water tank you know coming back to life there's a scene in the clown cafe after he's killed everybody where she sees the, the art crispies, the cereal and she reaches in and it's, you know, glass razors, whatever, and maggots. And it kind of shows you her resolve. So then when it gets to the end, she's not just the, you know, getting the crap kicked out of her and giving up. She reaches into that box. It cuts up her hand. She sees him coming again and she shoves her hand back in that box. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's something in her that lets her know there's something in there for him. So, again, back to that supernatural stuff. And then she pulls out the sword. Um, So I think that was kind of a nice little touch that he put to show that, you know, she's not going to just roll over, you know. But she gets the, you know, crap kicked out of her in that bathroom. But she gets back up. You know, she's not resigned to just being like, this is too much. I'm just going to die. So I thought that was a nice little touch of showing her resolve early. That part just made me think of Harry Potter and the Sword of Gryffindor, where he pulls it out of the bag because we're watching Harry Potter. That's what it reminds me of. But all right, so let's uh, let's wrap up with our favorite kills. I, I mean, I'll go first. Mine's the bedroom scene, and I don't know if you guys have you guys seen the sadness. I haven't yet. I haven't yet, <laughs> guys. The sadness is a teensy bit more fucked up, I think, than Terrifier Two. So you probably won't watch it. But it's super violent. Um, but that was my favorite kill because it was so over the top. Like you're like, okay, he's gonna stab or whatever. No, he got those little pedicure scissors, which you can't cut open a scalp with that. But he did it. And, and just when you think he can't do anything else, he runs back and he runs away. You're like, oh, it's over. No, it's not over. He went and got salt and bleach and poured it all over her open wounds and her open skull, rubbed it in. 
incredibly fucked up. But that's not something we would think of. And it, it that generated our reaction for a lot of us. Like even John said, like that, that's what movies are supposed to be. We're supposed to get a react. They're supposed to get a reaction out of us. And that movie does it over and over and over again. Uh, so the bedroom scene is by far my favorite kill. How about you, Kellen? It's easy to, you know, one of my favorite things, it's hard to pick anything beyond the bedroom scene because like you said, it's so, it's such a big part of this movie. It's almost, it's almost bigger than the movie because of how over the top it is. Um, and like John said earlier, or maybe it was TJ about, you know, her arm getting ripped off. It was TJ and you know, the, all the blood in the room, she would have been dead. There wouldn't have, wouldn't have been a moment where she raises her head and says, mommy, that, that wouldn't have happened. She's dead. She's been dead. She died 15 cuts ago. She, she's done been gone. But that that scene culminates in one of the most messed up scenes in the whole movie that kind of gets overlooked because of that is when the trick-or-treaters show up and he gives them the candy out of her hollowed out skull. And they're just like, yeah. why is it sticky? And it's like, I take blood. Just take the candy. <laughs> um, which he does twice in that movie. Uh, so... Aside from the bedroom scene, I'm going to say the um, Halloween shop owner because, you know, it happens so quick. It's so violent. And it, you know, the, the payoff is quick, but it ends with that scene where the mom and the son show up to the shop and, like, oh, it's closed. And Art's standing there holding the guy's head, pretending to be a mannequin, and then makes a little face to the kid and then freezes up again. So I think just because of <laughs> the absurdity of both of those parts together. I, I won't say that, you know, the, obviously the bedroom scene is the kill, but just the culmination of those two kills leading to, you know, him showing people he's murdered people and they're just like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. TJ, do you have a favorite kill? I mean, you almost have to just separate the bedroom scene because this, this film, like the first film was made all about the separate saw and the girl in half that that's, that's the kill of the first film. The bedroom scene is the kill of this film. So you almost have to just kind of part that to the side because that's so over the top. You're not going to get one that's more memorable than that. But I will say the one that I, I liked the most was actually not a great kill. It was just a funny moment to me in a film that I hate with a passion. <laughs> so to have a funny moment was good. Unfortunately, it was too early in the film because it was where he pulls out the Tommy gun and just randomly shoots all the kids. I was like, I wasn't expecting that. But the fact that they made it a Tommy gun, something that hasn't been actively used since like the 20s and 30s, like gangsters. I'm like, OK, this is Looney Tunes. I, I see. I see what movie I'm in now. This is and I really need to know what brand of trash bag he uses because he's got every kind of sharp implement in that bag and just throws it over. <laughs> you know, right? right? One tear, not Amazing. one hole, not one rip. <laughs> that is a great trash bag. My tr I can't even hold my trash without ripping. <laughs> Sean. Probably. Um, I definitely like the fact that the mom got killed. She was horrible. I totally agree. Um, but I think the one that kind of got me a little bit more, the bedroom scene, of course, but the one at the end where the friend that drove to the carnival with her is in the hallway, something about that, like rewatching that today, that was hard to watch. Like, just because like, I don't know if it's like when someone whimpers when they're getting killed in a movie that just instantly like affects me. I don't know why. And I think something about that kill, I was like, oh, this is 
really hard to watch. So I would say that one, and I don't remember the character's name, but that was probably the hardest she one. The, is that the one where she gets her kneecap knocked off? Yes, yeah. And yeah. her in the hallway, yeah. And, and he, eats, the, he takes a bite out of her heart. Uh, yeah, that yeah was, that's it. the whole. We were waiting for that the whole movie because towards the beginning of the movie is when he has that wooden stick and he's putting knives and forks and shit into it, and that's what he smashes her face in with. So yeah. he's making that the whole time. Like, where did that go? <gasps> there it is. So, all right, we're gonna do our ranking. <laughs> this is gonna be the fun fight. <laughs> so, I'll go first. We'll go me, Kellen, John, TJ, because that's probably gonna be the sliding scale right there. Uh, for me, it's four and a half. Um, I, I thought about giving it a five just to just to do that, but I'm, I'm sticking with four and a half. Um, yeah, four and a half for me. Yeah, I I, I, I thought about it. Um, it's a solid four. Like I said, you take you take the gratuitousness out of it. It's just a fun film, and then you throw that in, and like you, I'm kind of desensitized. So when I see it, I'm more. Yeah, you know, other than the kneecap scene, which, like I said, it's, it's it reminded me of Pet Cemetery when uh, he cuts the guy's Achilles tendon. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's not a super super violent thing. I mean, but it hurts you too. It is, but oh. yes, it's it's, it's one of those things that I instantly feel. <laughs> as soon as he hit her kneecap off, my whole leg died. I just couldn't feel anything below my knee. So yeah, I give it a solid four. John, um. Point for art, a point for the effects, the fact that it's just really well done. And I would say half a point for the fact that they got me. Like they really <laughs> got me on this movie. So I I have to ding on the story and the length and the fact that it's too gratuitous, but I don't want to be unfair about it because this is a movie for a lot of people. A lot of people like this. So two and a half out of five, I would say. Um, it's hard for me to go three though because I don't like it. But two and a half, two point five out of five is what I would go with. All right, TJ, let's hear that wow. five star rating. Wow, way more high praise than I can muster up for this. I appreciate. I appreciate that this has an audience. I'm not. I'm not even. It's not even the gratuitousness of the violence that that's what what I'm against necessarily. I've seen more violent than this even but i just don't like the character i don't like that it's it, this felt like a three and a half hour long movie when i was watching it with a cold this weekend in my living room and was just like how much longer is it i kept checking the time i'm going one and a half i, I because it does have good special effects and art is creepy and that's it so we'll call that a three and a half overall rating. Um, before we wrap up, Kellen touched on it, but I think also the greatest scene in, in the entire movie is the Halloween store. Like mm -hmm. you, you talked about it a little bit, but we didn't really talk about that enough and how funny it was. Um, that was just, that was great writing right there. TJ, Terrifier 2 or In the Earth? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, do, I have, do, do I have to rewatch them? <laughs> If you had to watch another one, which one of them again, which one of those would you go? Just out of curiosity. If you oh haven't seen God. In the Earth, you, you didn't like it because of the sensory stuff, right? Yeah, I watched it in the theater too, and it was crazy oh, loud. Like, I imagine that was, it was crazy loud. It's and on like Hulu. The, the Flash. I would watch In the Earth again at my home on a not ridiculously <laughs> loud volume, but not 
in the theater, I'd probably watch Terrifier 2 before I'm there. Fair. That's fair. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. Uh, join the church group on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube uh, and to wherever you're listening to us now. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, we have a lot of fun episodes lined up. We've been bombarded with requests to come on the show. We're, we're going to start turning people down. Like It's yeah. crazy how many requests we're getting for that. Um, but we do have uh, some great episodes lined up and some good guests, uh, including next week's episode, uh, which is with Nathan Bissell who is uh, Leslie Vernon from Behind the Mask. So after we recorded it, we are like, we should reach out. John reached out. He came on. It was a good episode. Spoiler alert. I almost made him cry. I still feel bad about that. Um, But good episode. Uh, That'll be next week. So for TJ, Kellen, and John, I'm Jay. And until next time, keep it spooky.